Welcome to Autism Thinks. This podcast is hosted by the New Jersey Autism Center of Excellence, where we bring together the neuroscience, technology, and innovation to a soundscape that'll change your perspectives on all things autism and the world around us. Just one episode at a time. There have been so many things that have been happening this year, 2021. From the recent vaccine rollouts to the glorious Bernie Sanders memes all over the internet. Whether or not you're optimistic, there's no doubt that only time will tell what's in store for each of us this year. All about all the levels for all the things. (laughs) We love levels. We love levels. And if you'd like a little more energy, a way to level up for the start of the year, you're in luck because today we have Dr. Amy Laurent and Dr. Jacqueline Feedy here with us. We are Dr. Amy Laurent and Dr. Jacqueline Feedy, which form Autism Level Up. We're the co-founders. We are both developmental psychologists. For all intents and purposes, I'm neurotypical, and I am also an occupational therapist and special educator, and Jacqueline is autistic and a program evaluator and a data research nerd junkie. We have kind of combined our efforts and our joint perspective to really figure out how to move supporting autistic individuals in ways that are authentic for themselves and help them um, kind of access and navigate the world around them. As Dr. Laurent brings up, Autism Level Up is an amazing collaboration that focuses on working with individuals, families, and educational teams to provide person-specific, developmentally appropriate, and evidence-based educational recommendations and supports to empower autistic individuals to navigate their day-to-day lives. In this podcast, be sure to listen in closely to some key terms and themes, like leveling up, useful reality, and the CERTS model. Okay, so back to serious business. What do you think of when you think of leveling up? Does it sound like the next step in a fun video game? Have you ever thought about this idea of leveling up in terms of your relationship or interaction with autism? To think more deeply about this concept, we need to head all the way back to when Dr. Lauren and Dr. Feedy first envisioned the foundation for this organization. Dr. Feedy tells us the story. Very literally, Autism Level Up came about because Amy and I were doing some work together one day, and it was right around April, where it's like Autism Awareness Month, or Autism Acceptance Month, or Autism Appreciation Month. It has all those names, and people want to label it this one thing, and we we got to talking about how none of those labels are really accurate. You know, autism awareness 
is a really low bar to set <laughs> if that's our goal, just awareness. But at the same time, so much of society truly still needs awareness that we can't really let that word go. Acceptance, again, maybe a little bit better, but also still a fairly low bar that you would just accept that autistic people exist in the world. Um, and there's definitely not going to be any kind of authentic acceptance or appreciation if your awareness isn't there. So we had this conversation about how all these terms are not quite right, yet they could be right for certain individuals and certain parts of society. Autism Level Up encourages us to truly autism level up. Autism awareness is not really enough. It's all about figuring where you are at the moment and taking the next step. Where might you find yourself? From bottom to top, the Autism Level Up guide has the levels Autism Awareness, Acceptance, Appreciation, Empowerment, and advocacy. And I think Amy left the room. <laughs> well, one one room over. <laughs> through uh, a door. I went through a door. <laughs> it wasn't closed, by the way. And I, I, it came to me. And so I texted her <laughs> and said, I've got it. It needs to be autism level up day. Wherever you are, you should be taking the next step. So if that's gaining true awareness and understanding of what autism is, that's what you need to be doing. If that's moving from your very real awareness of it to beginning to um, accept and appreciate the um, both the strengths and challenges that go along with it, then that's what you should be doing. And uh, you know we should keep on striving to level up until we're getting to this place of advocacy and real empowerment of the autistic individual or an autistic population. The story is lovely in the sense of Jacqueline exercised her preferred method of communication, even though I was only maybe 20 feet away from her and clearly still in her line of sight. And I think that really is part of the story of Autism Level Up is really truly understanding the autistic experience in the world, autistic preferences, autistic learning styles, and embracing that. So when we're moving up that ladder towards advocacy, being able to appreciate that, but also empower somebody to um, interact in ways that are really natural and comfortable for them. So the story is, is funny, <laughs> but it also truly reflects what we're trying to promote in the world as well. As you might realize, Dr. Lauren and Dr. Feedy hone in on this power of partnership. Amidst all the vibrant laughter, you'll notice that they listen to each other. Our dynamic duo of developmental psychologists embodies this level of understanding. They value the importance of listening among other important partnerships in the community, like between educators and autistic children. We've got a simple one-page guide that we've created. I say it's simple because it fits on one page, but there's a lot of information in it that helps us understand um, how to make the move. And I think one of the first things that we always say, and it fits at any step of the way, is being able to listen to. And when we say listen, we mean truly listen to and internalize the message of the autistic community. 
to help inform moving to that next step. So, you know, just moving from awareness to uh, acceptance, just understanding why certain symbols like puzzle pieces are problematic for the vast majority of the autistic community and why we want to think about a more inclusive symbol to represent them. Again, each step is kind of informed by the autistic voice. That's just one example. But I think we need to be guided and really thoughtful from that perspective. So there's that one resource. It's in eight languages, which is really exciting because we have this massive, awesome community around the globe who embraces what we do and translates things for us, which is amazing. Um, and then there's also an article that goes with it. And I will say the article is amazing. And I can say that because I only wrote like maybe the first three paragraphs of it, really introducing the concept. And then Jacqueline just goes on a tear. Um, so I don't know if you want to go a little bit on your tear now, Jacqueline. <laughs> no, I would say read the article. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't I don't even remember the tear that I went on, but I'm sure it was very terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, you know, the, the, the progression is really also about being honest with yourself mm -hmm. and, you know, not immediately being defensive and accepting the fact that perhaps autistic adults in the autistic community actually do know what is best for autistic people. Um, and, and it's, it's a hard it's a harder step than it sounds like it is to take. And that's with, you know, any minority group. It, they, they work so hard and shout so loud just even to get the general public to use the language they want to be used around their own experience and their own status. Um, so really just like Amy said, it, it's letting the community steer, letting the community drive, and accepting that you need to follow their lead. That's a huge piece of it. Maybe that was a little tear. I don't know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good tear, but I think, and I think the other piece that Jacqueline, that you and I would both say is, it is about really that community engagement and letting the autistic community lead, but also the partnership that we have, which right. acknowledges and honors that I do bring something to the equation, right? Like, right. So right. It, it's the marrying of those two things, which really, will push progress forward but without that autistic voice in the lead for you know me to respond to i'm going to be misguided because i i can't understand and appreciate that experience so it, it really is it's not saying oh you professionals you don't know anything <laughs> it's saying really listen to and inform your practice and what you know with this as kind of your north star right and for practitioners and educators to share their real world challenges and strengths so that autistic people can help guide the things that they're actually having to do in schools and in practices and such. And that, that is really the true power of, of the partnership. Autism isn't all the rainbows and butterflies and unicorns, and it's also not all the doom and gloom and flaming hellfire. <laughs> it, it's, it's people existing in a world, and, you know, we try to do our best to make their profile, their authentic 
valid profiles and our world that hasn't really been made for brains and neurology like theirs to line up a little bit better. Part of the resources Autism Level Up provides, it's important to note that Dr. Laurent co-authored an educational model called the CERTS model. The acronym CERTS focuses on SC, social communication, ER, emotional regulation, and TS, transactional support. Amy and I, for Autism Level Up, and even probably for CERTS too, Yes, we like to emphasize not just a strengths-based model, but a model of useful reality. <laughs> of course, we want to acknowledge strengths always, and strengths should be um, identified and known, but we can't neglect the real challenges and barriers that exist for autistic people. So it is about strengths, but it's also about knowing that just because someone does indeed have strengths, does not mean that they do not struggle and does not mean that their autistic profile conflicts and clashes with the way our society is set up. This notion of useful reality is what guides their work. This would ultimately empower autistic individuals to navigate the world around them. The more we engage with the autistic community and truly listen, we can strive to make the world a more autism-friendly environment and more accommodating to the neurodiverse. That is kind of our guiding philosophy is this useful reality. And that's what we talk about every time we create a new support or we kind of generate a new piece for that we want people to think about to help level up thinking. It really goes back to how you define strengths too, right? So I am a co-author of the CERTS model and CERTS is definitely part of what I bring to the equation. And so CERTS, for those of your listeners who don't know, is a developmental model of education or therapeutic support for autistic individuals that focuses on social communication and emotional regulation, but through relationship and interaction with other people, which is the transactional support part. So the SC is social communication, ER is emotional regulation, TS is transactional support. And what that really means is it is this partner-based model. When we wanna support an individual in the development of their social communication, and emotional regulation, the first thing we do is honor and acknowledge what their foundation is, what their strengths are. That's how I would define strengths. Like, what do they bring? Like, what are, they, what are they, we already working with, right? That's their strength. And then we think about what are next steps? Because in a useful reality model, there's probably likely something that we can help them develop that will give them a tool to help navigate the world in ways that are more comfortable and easy for them. The key is when we give them the tool, they get to choose when they pull it out and use it or if they don't, but we're helping with that development, but we do it in relationship. And what that means, and this is also a big part of how we think, not just in certs, but in level up is it's a relationship, right? All the growth and change and development is not just about the child or the person, the autistic individual we're supporting developing new skills. It's about the partner developing new skills and supporting that person in new in different ways that make the environment, make the activity easier to navigate based on us understanding their learning style, their preferences, how they interact. 
And so that is really, when we talk about strengths-based, it's also partner strengths-based. We look at partners and say, what are they doing that's working well to support somebody? But we also humble ourselves and say, what might we be trying to do that is not working for this individual? And how do we as partners need to change that? So again, that useful reality really applies to both sides of the equation, but it has to be both sides of the equation. So honor and acknowledge where things are going well, but figure out what those next steps are. Next steps for both sides of partners and the person being supported. Another aspect of their work is paying attention to our emotional regulation, energy levels, and sensory motor experiences. You might be thinking though, what exactly does all this have to do with supporting autistic individuals? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to start, you know. (laughs) I would say that emotional regulation or energy regulation as, as we discuss It is influenced by everything and it underlies everything. We talk about it in terms of energy, actually because of my own experience. When I was growing up and still now today at 32 years old, emotion, emotion words, emotion labels, I I cannot identify those things. They do not resonate for me. To use those words would be an act or fake, not authentic to my, to my real experience. However, I can express myself much better uh, in terms of my own body and my internal energy level. I can tell you if I'm lacking energy, if I'm sleepy, if I'm really amped up, if energy is surging and pulsing inside of me. Um, but attaching any kind of emotion to that is not something that or if I do it, it's not actually going to be anything meaningful to me, which means it's not going to be something that my partner can really use to help me in a situation. So we did that based on my own experience, but when we presented our tools that have this energy language all throughout it to our autistic community and to parents of autistic people, educators of autistic people, we found that It's not just me. Many, many autistic people relate to this energy concept better because it is so much more concrete and there's not the layer of this social abstraction that goes on top of it. So it can be, it can be a real gateway to accessing valid and authentic support from a partner. This ability to be well-regulated is important for each individual as taking emotion words out of the equation can allow the information of how a person's feeling to be conveyed a lot more easily and even more accurately. Beyond this, it's incredibly important from a developmental standpoint. As soon as we're born, we use this sense of balance and context to guide ourselves, and life can be a lot more difficult if we struggle with them. Our ability to be well-regulated is what allows us to be actively engaged in any activity that's going on around us, right? So if we're well-regulated and a sleepy and still state at bedtime, that means we're going to be able to fall asleep. If we're well-regulated 
at recess and we're um, amped up and fidgety, bordering on maxed out, we're going to be able to play that tag game with other people. It's getting our energy state at, or the, our emotional intensity at that right level to match the activity that we're involved in. And if we can do that, we can participate in life. And if we struggle with that, because we have underlying challenges kind of based on our own neurophysiology or based on our difficulties in social interactions or based on a whole other myriad of things that we could say. If there are underlying challenges that contribute to not being able to make that match, that takes us out of the learning environment, that takes us out of that active participation and really limits our quality of life. So we know that autistic individuals have significant challenges around energy or emotion regulation. And we're really trying to put tools in place so that they can meet those challenges in a useful reality sort of kind of way <laughs> um, so that they can make those matches so that they can engage in ways that are meaningful to them. What does it mean to have an emotion? Sometimes the feeling of happiness can take various forms from the happiness you might have when you're playing an intense game of tag versus taking a minute to relax in a serene yoga session. Because the developmental literature really supports that these two things kind of go hand in hand, physiological arousal and emotional state. So it just depends on what resonates with you. And as Jacqueline said, that social layer of emotion doesn't work for her. So let's meet her where she is and provide the support in ways that are authentic and meaningful for her. And oftentimes when we talk about emotions, emotions only need regulated if the intensity of them isn't a good fit for the environment. So it's really, again, it's the energy behind the emotion. Because like you said, happy on the playground, that's like an amped up energy, right? Behind happy, that's a good fit. But in a yoga studio, if you have amped up energy yeah. behind your happy, that's not a good fit. Like you need to decrease the intensity of the happy. And making sure that they understand that there is a time and place and activity and environment for all of our energy states and all of our states of, of regulation and arousal. So many educational approaches out there focus on getting to one specific state or zone. And um, that's just not, that's not useful reality because that's not life. <laughs> we don't live our life in one calm and settled zone. <laughs> This episode, we've learned a lot about useful reality, the search model, and leveling up. To make sure we get to cover it all, we're splitting our autism level up into two different episode parts. Join us for our next episode to level up some more. One topic we'll delve into is functional play. You might be thinking, what does play have to do with learning and growing, especially from the perspectives of developmental psychologists? Here's a hint. It's everything. <laughs> I'm echoing myself. Our society gets so caught up on what certain things should look like and how certain things should be done um, and play included that we end up actually making children really work so hard during the time that they're supposed to be playing just to be able 
to do what is being asked of them. There is no one right way to play. The only thing that should make play play is really exploration, invest, investigation, exploring your environment, and however a child or and adult and whoever, everyone in between, however they do that naturally, that is their play and that is how they are interacting with their environment. Tune in next time to find out with Dr. Laurent and Dr. Feedy. We've linked some of their incredible resources in the show notes as well. As always, thank you so much for tuning in to Autism Thinks. Let us know if you've got any suggestions or questions at our NJA's social media accounts. I'm your host, Hannah, signing out.